That's in the air, this could be out. Diamond's underneath it, will he catch it? He's got good hands, he's got him, yes he has. Diamond's got him in the deep, having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. Hello and welcome to Couch Talk. Today's guest is former West Indian great Sir Kurt Lee Ambrose. He talks about the Caribbean Premier League, his job as the West Indies bowling consultant, and also about his legendary bowling career. Hi, uh, Sir Kurt Lee, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, thanks for being on the show. I want to talk a little bit about the CPL um, and you as the uh, West Indies bowling consultant, and then a little bit about your playing career uh, and all this time. So. To begin with, you know, when the CPL T20 was formed last year, you had expressed uh, some concerns in February 2013 about how quickly it came into being and how quickly it was being put together, etc. You know, we have had a season of it, and the second season is upon us. Now, you've been a part of it as well as uh, assistant coach for Guyana. What are your feelings about uh, the CPL T20 now? Well, I'm still very excited about it for 2014. Um, when I walk around the Caribbean, you know, everyone talking about T20, the CPL coming up. So the, the buzz is still very much alive. Um, when I heard about the CPL last year, I, I myself was very excited mm. because other parts of the world were playing T20 cricket and we, we, we saw all the buzz, the IPL, you know, the big bash. We've seen all the buzz and the culture and also for Caribbean to have a CPL. T20 CPL. I, I mean, we were very excited. However, yes, I had a small reservation because I know Caribbean people. <laughs> Once they start with something new, we tend to stay back and watch first to see how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And then once it's going well, then we will support. So that was my only concern. It's going to be well supported, but then my concern quickly turned to, to a reality. Okay. Because, because from the very first from the very first game, it was a solo crowd and that went through the whole tournament. Some people couldn't get into the into the stadium. So and some great cricket was played as well. Mm-hmm. So a combination of quality cricket and the, the solo crowd for every game, to me, it was really, really a success last year. And I'm looking forward to twenty fourteen. Hope that we can maintain that standard or even go beyond it even though it's a power order. So what sort of impact do you think it will have on the cricketing talent in the Caribbean in terms of you know, getting more people to choose cricket as a career and also providing spotlight on the existing talents? Well, T20 to me has got a big part to play in cricket because it's just an exciting game that a lot of people watch T20 cricket. They turn up T20 games. The youngsters, you know, want to play T20 cricket. And that the youngsters to start playing cricket is always the hardest thing to do. So once they're playing T20 cricket, that is the start. Then they can always graduate to the longer format of the game. Mm-hmm. You understand? So for me, T20 really have a big part to play. And the way cricket is in the Caribbean at the moment, the CPL is, is a breath of fresh air because it generates a lot of interest Mm-hmm. For young aspiring cricketers, uh, have you ever wondered how you were, you would have uh, gone on as a bowler in the T20 format? Not really. I wouldn't say I've wondered about it or thought about it. Um, I've been asked a question before. Um, 
on yes, I would have loved to play T20 because T20 is really a batsman's game. Correct. Right. Um, so it's always difficult for the bowler, any bowler. And if you follow my career, I've always thrived on competition. Correct. And the tougher the situation, the, the, the better I usually play. So I would love that competition to play T20. It, 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 it would be a real test of my bowling skills. And I would love to play. But, um, you know, plus, you don't have to bowl four overs. So then, <laughs> you know, so. But, um, yes, I would, I would have loved the challenge. Um, what would... You know, what things would you have done or what do you tell your, uh, you know, main bowlers and what, the, what are the things that they should do to excel in the format? Well, I think the key, I think the real key, you know, to, to, to bowling in T-Regate is your variety. That is the key. Hmm. You've got four over to bowl. You have no margin for error. One bad over could cost your team a game. Yes. But on on the other hand, one brilliant over could 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 win the team again as well. But it's always against the bowler. So I think the variety, you know, is is really the key to being a good teacher of the bowler. You can bowl quick deliveries, you can bowl slow deliveries, you can bowl some patterns. You know, so variety to me is the key okay. in being a good teacher of the bowler. Now, you are a bowling consultant with the West Indies cricket team as well. Uh, what is your role there, and what is it that you want to accomplish in that role? Well, what, um, well, what we want to accomplish collectively is to be able to, 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 to get West Indies cricket back to number one. Mm-hmm. Or if not, at least in the top three cricket nations in the world. That is our goal collectively. Um, when I was Gibson head coach asked me to be a part of the Western setup, of course I was happy to do it because I've always said that at the end of my career, whatever experience and knowledge I've gained over the years, I would be more than happy to, to give back to Western cricket, whether it's on the 50s, on the 90s, the senior level, whatever, mm-hmm. so we can buy Western cricket. Um, so when I didn't have to think about it much. I just told him yes. You know, so I've been a wealth of experience. I've been a part of the best team in the world for many years. And I want to believe that um, I've gained some, some valuable experience where I can teach these guys to become better bowlers. Um, in terms of my role, I mean, I certainly do Gibson, do the coaching and stuff, but my role is mainly to try to get into the heads of these bowlers, let them understand what it takes to be successful, mm. what it takes to become a legend, what it takes to, 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 to get your team to the top. So those are some of the things that I have to be talking to them about mostly. Mm. So it's not so much the bowling skills per se, but these guys can bowl. I only have to fine-tune them here or there, tweak bits and pieces, but the mental side of it, get into their heads, so they could understand is mostly what I do. Okay. Uh, West Indies, you know, over a long period relied on, you know, endless line of fast bowlers to, you know, assert their prominence in world cricket. But now you don't have the out-and-out fast bowler coming from the Caribbean. Any thoughts on why that might be so? Well, we still have a few fast bowlers in the Caribbean. Guys who I believe, you know, with proper guidance Mm -hmm. and once they're willing to learn, 
can become great fast bowlers over time. What happened? The pitches have changed quite a lot. Okay. They're very, very slow. Nothing much for the fast bowlers. So you find a lot more spinners are coming through because of major the pitches. But however, I believe that if you have a couple of good fast bowlers and a couple of good spinners, you know, who can bowl teams out twice on a consistent basis, it's always a good combination. Hmm. Back in our time, we had many fast bowlers who got the job done. But today, different services, so I believe a combination of some quality spinners and quality fast bowlers will get the job done. You know, I want to talk um, talk briefly about your uh, playing career. You know, it's common knowledge that basketball was the sport of your choice when you grew up. But once you made the debut for West Indies and you had Courtney Walsh there already, you know, playing for four years. So what sort of relationship did you guys have, him being the senior bowler? Well, yes, um, you're quite right when it's a basketball. Yes, basketball has been my first love. And I've always wanted to be an NBA basketball player mm. rather than a cricketer. However, I have no regrets representing my country for so many years. It, it means a lot to me. It's a privilege. It's an honor mm. to play for my country. So I have no regrets. In terms of my partnership with Courtney Walsh, um, our secret, the secret of success is very simple. It's just that Courtney and I never try to outdo each other. Mm. That, was a, that was the key. I mean, if it was my day, when taking wickets, his job was simply to keep the pressure at the other end, and vice versa. If it is his day to take wickets, my job is simply to keep the other end, keep the pressure on. You understand? So we never try to outdo each other, so we complement each other very well. That is the key. Why is that for success? Was there a, any particular match, you know, a test or an ODI or a first-class match even, that you can pinpoint to looking back on it, saying that, you know what, I have arrived as a fast bowler in uh, cricket? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, when I started my career, you know, I was still basically learning the, 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 the fast bowling art. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the guys like the same Courtney Walsh, you know, the late Michael Marshall, you know, I mean, when I was in a team with some great players, you know, Vivi Kev, you know, Jason Gage, and, you know, Chimichi Singh, you know, so we had some great players. So I was forced to learn my trade quickly. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be the weak link in a very, very powerful wrestling team because I'm a very, very tall man. So I was forced to learn quickly. But um, I would say I really come of age, you know, uh, probably, I would say, like two years into international cricket. Hmm. I would say I really, because I mean, I had success, you know, when I started, right? But I figured in 1990 or so, two years after my baby, I believe I really, yeah, I really became the kind of bowler. I mean, in the 92-93 uh, series in Australia, you had one of the most devastating spells in cricket. And, of course, you know, you've, you've been instrumental in a lot of West Indies' uh, most spoke-about wins as well. Um, is there any um, test match that stands out in your memory as, you know, you felt you did everything right and everything turned out great and West Indies winning and stuff? Yeah, um, to me, that series was probably... I would say probably the best series for me. 
not personally, but as a, as a team. Why? Because we went to Australia with a very, very young team. You can look back at the team that went to Australia. Richie, Richie Smith was the captain. Only had one test match as a captain to his name. That one or test against South Africa. So he was pretty new at the job. And he had a lot of young players. Blair Lara, he went to Australia with two test matches to his name. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Adams had one. Some of the guys had none. So it was basically a young team. Coming in a rebuilding process. We just lost the Richard Greenwich. We just lost Dujan. We lost a few of our players. So we had a, a very young team going to Australia. It was a powerful Australian team led by the great Alan Border. Mm-hmm. So no one gave us any chance to win the series. And, you know, we came on the series winning 2-1. I mean, we won the test series. We won the one day triangle series as well. So we left Australia feeling that, you know, we're still a great team. Even though we were a lot of youngsters. We really believed that we could have won the series. So that was a thing that really took us over the line. We didn't give up. Even everyone says that we had no chance, we never gave up. We believed we should compete. So winning the season in Australia, to me, was very, very, very satisfying. Was there any particular batsman that you looked forward to bowling to, you know? And is there any particular innings of a batsman that you were bowling against that uh, stands out in your memory that you admired in even? No, there's no particular bowler, batsman, I like to bowl. I mean, hard work being a fast bowler, so I, <laughs> no, I wouldn't know. But, um, you know, on a serious note, though, I believe that in every team, you know, the first six batsmen are usually the best in the team. So I believe if I can look out two or three of the top six every time I go to bowl, hmm. I get some sense of satisfaction, means that I'm doing well. And that will make the team, you know, that will put the team in a good position. I get more satisfaction taking the first six than I would the last three or four. Mm-hmm. You understand? So taking two or three of the top six every time is always something that I aspire to do. And that to me will put my team in a great position. Well, one last question, and this is a listener question from listener Sham, and it's that. Which one is the more unlikely win for the West Indies? The one-run win over Australia at Adelaide or the win over India in Barbados where West Indies defended 120? Which one was the more unlikely one for you? Well, they, they are both two great test matches because, I mean, when you look at the India batting lineup, including Ted Dalka, mm-hmm. I mean, chasing 120, you would have thought it would have been an easy ride for India. Tendulkar alone could have scored maybe 30 of those runs because he's that good. So, I mean, a lot of people never gave us a chance to defend 120 against a strong Indian batting lineup. We did it. So, he was very, very satisfying. Hmm. Um, the 1-1 win against Australia, I believe. Uh, that was even... <laughs> that, 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 that's right up there as well because it, it was a tough test match. It was really tough test match. I thought we had it won. Long before that, because we got down to McDermott, the number 11. Yeah. And through the, through, through the series, he never really survived very long when he came into the back. So we thought, him coming in, it would be all over. But this time he stuck around for a while with Tim May, you know, so they keep eating all the ones. And the win one wanted, I mean, one wanted to go on, I mean, that was something really phenomenal. And I mean, we never gave up. So that was, a, that, that was a thing. We never gave up. 
He never gave up. We always believed he was going to win. And I think that we deserve to have won the test match because I thought we played a better cricket. Hmm. Fair enough. I think I'm out of time here. Uh, thank you so much uh, for being on the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Thank you.